You are Locked On Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, we have finally almost made it, Ty. Just one, one more sleep. One more sleep until the Syracuse football season. I'm glad you're a sleep counter, too. Yes, of course. That's the best way to do it because it makes it seem like it's actually closer than it really is. That's what I've been telling you know. all my roommates uh, getting ready for this football season. I've been counting down the sleeps till the NFL. So we had the NFL game last oh, night. Yeah. We're recording this before the NFL game, so we have no idea what happened. But I, I've been counting sleeps to the NFL, and I've been counting sleeps to when Syracuse football gets going. And, and we've got one, one more. They're, they're probably en route to, to Chapel Hill as we speak right now. Yeah, and I found out today I will be in the building Look at, at Chapel you. Hill at Keenan Stadium. You're gonna be one of what, like ten people that are not in? Yeah, I think part they the said actual game. Yeah, ten to seventeen media members is how they worded it. So I'm not sure who else will be there from the Syracuse media. And so is Tar Heel Tim gonna be wearing his Carolina blue? Absolutely not. That's <laughs> why would you even put that out there? Come on. Well, it, it will be fun. I'm, I'm very excited. By the excited. way, t- before I, I have to give a little background to the Tar Heel Tim nickname. One of our, okay. our listeners, one of our Twitter followers, I believe it's Baptized by Fire 7. Uh, I, I want to give proper uh, attribution there. He okay. has a, a friend at work, and he's a Syracuse fan, but his friend at work is a Tar Heel fan, and they all call him Tar Heel Tim. So I just want oh, to so call it's not you even your too. It's not even my nickname, but it works. Man, so I'm using it. I'm running with it. That's so scummy of you that you would take someone's nickname and, and apply it to me. No. Well, I will be there, and we'll be tweeted out at LO underscore Syracuse. I feel like I'll get there. you should wear Carolina Blue for the bit, though, right? No, like, I absolutely will not do that. I, I will not be putting on Carolina Blue. Lovely color, but oh, not wow. on Saturday. I, um, I'll be there and tweeting out for us, and, and hopefully... You know, it'll be interesting because there will be no fans, as we all know at this point. So just kind of going to be odd. The last Syracuse game I was at was the last game, and it was UNC in Greensboro, basketball-wise. That was good for Syracuse, but there were Tar Heel tons Tim of fans was at that there. game, yeah. Tar Heel yeah, Tim. Yeah, so maybe I am Tar Heel Tim at this you point. You are. Because I was also at the Dome for when they got blitzed by Cole Anthony at the uh, last game in the Dome, as you we You were fist-pumping under the desk. I, I know you were. Eh, no, 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 no. I, I would never do such a thing. So anyway, let's talk some UNC today. That'll be the main theme of this podcast. We'll get into basically what to know about UNC, the keys for Syracuse, if they're going to pull off this upset. And then we'll give our picks at the end, and we'll do our prop shop, which will be fun. We're going to try and keep track this year. We did a lot for basketball, and we just come up with some fun side props that we make ourselves to keep track of the game and then we'll keep a running tally and standings as the season goes on so we'll get to our predictions at the end but first off on UNC they're really good at football as far as we know right now they kind of have some similar tendencies to Syracuse last year where they were sort of the breakout team not quite to a 10 and 3 degree but now they're coming in with different expectations and They've got a lot of returning weapons that were young last year, but were very productive. They returned nine starters on offense, four starters kind of technically on the offensive line because one guy was a backup that started about seven games last year. And obviously they bring back Sam Howell, a quarterback, who was just really about as good as you could possibly imagine as a freshman right. he mm-hmm. had 30 one of the best quarterbacks touchdowns. i mean if there's no trevor lawrence in this conference we're talking about sam howell a whole hell of a lot more 
Yeah, I saw a couple people have put him as the second best quarterback that is of the teams that are playing this year in, in the behind Trevor Lawrence. So we're talking about wow. would be the best quarterback in the SEC, according to a lot of people, that is going against Syracuse. And he's only a sophomore. As a true freshman, as I said, 38 touchdown passes. That was the most by a true freshman in FBS history last year. He led the ACC in passing yards last year, 13 consecutive games with multiple touchdowns. That's the longest such streak in all of college football right now. So their offense has a lot of passing attack, and they're also pretty good on the ground as well. It's a pretty two-dimensional offense, and that's what Dino talked about in the press conference leading up to this week, how it makes it tough to prepare for a team because they've got the vertical passing game that is very potent, but they've also got a good running game. So here's the thing that I find interesting when you talk about UNC as that team from a year ago that boomed and kind of exceeded their expectations. So they go seven and six and you kind of compared them to Syracuse. And I think that's interesting how, and again, I'm not, I'm not putting words in your mouth here, but um, yeah, it's not apples to apples, right? But here's the difference. And and this is not, I'm not like jabbing at you. I'm just saying, here's the difference from UNC going into following up their follow-up act versus Syracuse's follow-up act. Syracuse, lost a lot of the continuity at the important positions. When you think about the offensive line, they lost a number of the the pieces that were so integral to that offensive line. Cody Conway and um and, and Coda Martin. You lose your quarterback who was an all-conference level quarterback. That's exactly what UNC is not doing. And you also lost your leading receiver that year in Jamal Custis. Yeah. That's exactly what UNC is not doing. They are bringing back their quarterback. They are bringing back four of the five offensive line members. They are bringing back a pair of 1,000-yard receivers. So that's the difference. That's why UNC, they bump up to 7-6, and six, and now they could be looking, okay, well, so now it's an 11-game season, but they could be looking at 8-3, and 9-2, and, and, and may, who knows, maybe even 10-2 and two because there is that yeah. ACC championship game that they very well could be a part of in this upcoming season. Yeah, a lot of people see it as them and Notre Dame would be the logical picks to join the ACC championship ranks with uh, Clemson, of course, if if that game, you know, once that game comes to pass. So, I mean, this is a UNC team that obviously is very, very talented on paper. I think that's another difference. And another thing to point out here is I was kind of doing some research on them. You think about We've heard so much in this offseason about how Mac Brown has just been eating up on the recruiting trail, which is very true. I mean, at one point, they were second best class in the country. Now they finished 12th best recruiting class in the nation on 24-7 sports. They bring in a guy in Tony Grimes, who's a five-star defensive back, literally the third best cornerback in the country, according to 24-7 sports, 28th best player in the country. That's a huge pickup for them. And a lot of people have talked about, well, UNC's got players opting out as well. That's something to keep in mind. UNC did get hit pretty hard in the secondary, but this just puts it in perspective. They lost three defensive backs due to opt-outs, and their five-star freshman, five-star, Syracuse would play a four-star right off the bat. He's still not probably going to see the field on Saturday, despite being down three defensive backs. So that shows you the talent that... UNC has on the field compared to Syracuse. And that's something that I think we're going to see play out a lot this year is with the risk of a positive COVID test, with these uncertain times, 
depth is very important, and I'm worried that Syracuse, once you get into their second stringers, there's actually a pretty substantial drop-off even from their first stringers, which we're concerned about a little bit in some cases. And that's what the Mac effect is, the Mac Brown effect. So that defense that you mentioned, four of their top seven tacklers are gone. And the defense, not nearly as good as the offense. The offense is going to be what carries this UNC team for the most part. So they're losing four of their top seven tacklers. But like you said, they're replenishing it with a lot of talent. And and, and that's where you may not see the same drop-off, and maybe that defense can pick up. Because there are a couple of really good defensive players for UNC. You look at yeah. Chaz Surratt, one of the top linebackers in the, the What conference. a story he Jamon is. Fox. To yeah, go that guy was, what, a, a quarterback coming in? Five-star quarterback. Yeah. And now he's shifted to the, the defensive side of the ball to a linebacker position, and he probably will get drafted in the upcoming NFL draft. But you've got Tamon Fox, my favorite name in college football. You ready for it, Tim? You ready for it? Storm Duck. He is starting at cornerback for this team. <laughs> That's pretty good. You know, UNC might be the all names team for this for all of college. Yeah, football. Chaz Surratt is Chaz pretty Surratt, good too. Tamon Fox, Tamon Fox's brother, Tamari Fox, Storm Duck. You've got Daz Newsome at receiver, Diami Brown, another receiver. Those are a pair of a thousand yard receivers, by the way. And it's just the continuity on this team, and even if there isn't continuity on the defensive side of the ball, you're replenishing with plenty of talent that could see the field if necessary. It, and listen, Mac Brown, phenomenal coach. He, he knows what he's doing. So you, you've got the advantage in the coaching game. You've got the advantage offensively, and you've probably got the advantage on defense. Now, special teams, I'm probably giving it to Syracuse, but... When you've got the advantage in four phases, in three of the four phases, there, it this UNC team. And listen, this is no knock on Syracuse. UNC is just good. Like yeah, that that that's what I want to try to drill into your brains right now. UNC is a legitimate team. That when you look at Vegas odds, I would not mind sprinkling a little bit on them to win the ACC because it very well could be you're laying whatever amount of money on them to beat Clemson in the ACC championship. And so. Th- they yeah. gave Clemson a hell of a run last year. They they got gutsy. They they got the the score I think to push it to a one point game, and instead of yeah, tying the it up, point. they went for right. two. And that's Mac Brown football. And you know what? I'm fine with that. I love oh, I that style of coaching. I, like if Syracuse was in that position and if they went for one as opposed to two, I would be on this podcast that Monday morning yelling at Dino Babers for not going for two because I like the gutsiness. And Mac Brown, he knows how to win football games. He's and just look at last year. He turned a guy in Sam Howell into who was like a good recruit, but true freshman playing in the ACC is no easy task. And he turns him into one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Like Sam Howell is a guy who could, well, not could, he's going to get some Heisman votes this year as long as the health stays intact. So this UNC team is really, really good. Yeah, I'm really high on them, which is unfortunate. And the other thing that makes it tough is. When you dig into UNC's defense, yeah, they're probably less talented on that side of the ball, but they have a very good scheme. Jay Bateman is honestly their, new their defense. Coordinator. And I guess we'll talk about this a little more when we get into some keys for Syracuse. But their defense is very similar to Syracuse's. They get yeah, a lot of turnovers. Kind of is too, they they like had scheme-wise. almost the same amount of interceptions as them last year. They had 14, Syracuse had 13, but they don't generate the same type of pressure up front. So yeah. I think that's kind of a testament to the defensive backs that they have, but the the defenses are very similar. I guess here's where I want to leave these segments when we do these game day previews. 
we'll end it for UNC with this question, and we'll end it with Syracuse with the same exact question in the next segment. UNC wins this game if, and then you fill in the blank. Okay. Um, I would say they establish the run game because they have that big playability in the passing game, which I think is kind of an area of weakness right now. Syracuse has a good secondary. I know some people are going to be like, what do you mean our pass defense is good? But they've given up big plays in the past. And with a new defense and a lot of young bodies out there, it's like, say, Garrett Williams starting as we expect, according to the depth chart, as a freshman or redshirt freshman, I think that's concerning. So if you establish the run game, that allows them to really go deep in the passing game, which is something that they do better than almost any other team that is still planning on playing in college football this year. And honestly, they just don't turn the ball over because that's what Syracuse can do, and that's how you can flip a game if you're an underdog by just forcing turnovers. Uh, mine's very similar to that. Mine is UNC will win the game if the offense picks up where it left off from a year ago because it was one of the most prolific offenses in the country. They were 12th in, in total offense. And then on top of that, this team was 17th in the country in first downs last year. Syracuse, we know, they, they're a defense that they can get tired at times. If this UNC team can continue to move the chains and live up to that first down proficiency that they had from a season ago, that defense is going to be too tired and you could see a 50 burger on the the scoreboard for the Tar Heels. Another 50 burger. Yeah. (laughs) Like that's what it's good. That's what it very well could be because who knows what kind of shape all these guys are in as well on that defensive side of the ball. And I'm saying that for both teams. Um, Yeah. That goes across the board. Then on top of that, I mean, Two prolific rushers in the backfield. You've got Michael Carter and Javante Williams. The Michael Carter Williams is what we're going with for this UNC backfield here. A one <laughs> one thousand yard rusher in Michael Carter and a guy in Javante Williams who probably, if he had his own backfield, could do the same. Yeah, the the run attack or the rushing attack against our young linebackers really scares me. We got to take a quick break because we got to give the listeners out there. A quick update on our favorite protein bar on the market. They are back, Built Bar. Six new amazing flavors to add to the repertoire here, including cookies and cream, which I cannot wait to try. Desperately hoping that comes in my next box, which is on the way. You can order your next box today of these delicious protein bars that are somehow healthy for you. Go to BuiltBar.com. Use our promo code LOCKEDON. You'll get $10 off your next order. And if you order now, while supplies last... You might even get a free cooler with that purchase, which is huge right now for the summertime. So go to BuiltBar.com. Cannot say enough good things about these protein bars. We don't just rave about them for nothing. They seriously are the best protein bars I have ever tasted in my life, and they are great for you too. Low calories, low sugar, but somehow high protein and high fiber, and they taste like a candy bar. So stop everything you're doing. I promise you will not regret going to BuiltBar.com. Use our promo code locked on. They'll get you $10 off your next order at builtbar.com. All right, so I hope we didn't scare Syracuse fans too much there. You know because... what, Tim? You know what I gained from that first segment? What? I miss previewing games. Miss previewing games. Yeah, it's games. just so good that to have is, it back. Oh, yeah. That was so fun. And that's where I'm at. I mean,. We were a little maybe more skeptical on this team when we did the season predictions than some others. Yesterday, I have them at 4-7. and seven, You have them at 3-8. and eight, And some people are going to scoff at that. It's just I, I want to be realistic about this season because I do feel like it's a tough situation for Syracuse. But we laid that out yesterday. I'm just happy that Syracuse is playing football. And 
I know that's, we that's talked the about how it looked bleak. And you know what? Yeah, I mean, that's... Like, th- thank you to everyone that's listening who stuck with us through this pandemic because, like, th- that that was yeah. so hard. It wasn't hard, but it was like, oh, we, like, we just missed the games and, and we just wanted yeah, to... it wasn't as fun as games. Yeah, totally. it, it, this is so much more fun. So if you stuck with us to through the pandemic, to quote a man that, that supposedly almost came to Syracuse, which we learned during the pandemic, you are all the real MVPs. And, um, (laughs) it, like tell your friends cause word of mouth is the, the best way is the best compliment we can get. Like, Hey, I I heard this podcast for uh, the Syracuse podcast. So if you're an orange fan, tell your friends because we're going to have a lot of football content, a lot of basketball content too, this entire season. Now that we have games back. Yeah. And it's great that we kind of do have a loyal group of listeners. So we really appreciate everyone out there. Any reviews, anything you can do to sort of spread the word is very, very much appreciated. So on the Syracuse side of things now, we just addressed how UNC will do what everyone's expecting, which is win the game. For you, what does Syracuse have to do to kind of shock everyone and, and pull off the upset here. I think I saw last line was 22 and a half or 23. Got it's bumped. kind of been yep, going 23. the other way. Yeah, we'll get, yeah, the, we'll get to the prop shop later right, on. But right. So I've got a, a laundry list for, for Syracuse to win this game, and it's pretty, pretty hefty. It's actually more like a grocery list. But the things that I have, all right, if you're going to win this game, I think you have to create a shootout of some sort. And the only way to create that shootout is by keeping Tommy DeVito upright. Because when he has time to throw in the pocket, he can be an unbelievable quarterback. I mean, we even saw it against this very UNC team two seasons ago. And I'm sure he's a a quarterback that UNC football fans probably have some nightmares about. And maybe it's keeping him up a little bit heading into this game on Saturday. But Yeah, the Tar Heel Tims of the world. Yeah, exactly. So if you keep... DeVito upright, you give yourself a chance. I just don't know how possible that is. But I will say this, like I said, the UNC defense is very similar to Syracuse's in the fact that they're going to force turnovers, but they're not going to generate a whole lot of pressure on the quarterback. Last year, they were 10th in the ACC in sacks, and they don't necessarily have a premier pass rusher. And no, now, now we yeah. we do know that Syracuse can turn an opposing player into a premier pass rusher, kind of like how we saw in basketball, how they could turn average to below average centers into elite centers overnight. But if Syracuse can keep DeVito upright, this could be an extremely different game. And I mean, we know what the defense can do for Syracuse. If they can create turnovers themselves and, and flip that script, then you give yourself a chance. Yeah. I mean, I think we could just copy and paste this answer for me for the rest of the season in a weird way, but it is offensive line, as you touched on there. But that's the thing, is if they can prove it to me in these first two, three games, then that's no longer one of my keys to the game. It's just something that I expect night in and night out. Yeah, but it's the biggest question. Right, no, I agree. It's 1,000% the biggest question. Right, and... I mean, my eyes are going right to what we now know as number 63, Chris Elmore, yep. if he does jog on the field at left guard. And I'm, I'm going to watch just the offensive line. On that first offensive drive for Syracuse, that is going to be what I'm interested in. Can they do their best to kind of not even win the battle in the trenches, but just make it so that DeVito has opportunities to do what DeVito can do and what he did do against UNC in the past. All those vertical passes... In his big breakout game, the touchdown to Nikeem Johnson and really just showing off his arm when he came in for Dungy in relief, 
that's not possible if he can't keep if those receivers don't have enough time to get downfield and the offensive line isn't doing enough blocking. That eliminates the vertical passing game, which is probably DeVito's best trait as a passer is showing off his arm talent and going deep. I know there's a lot of stats out there that say he threw it deep about as well as anyone last year, even some of the best quarterbacks in the SEC. And honestly, Sam Howell's right up there too, because UNC has such speed on the outside. So for me, I did say this a little bit with UNC, but Syracuse has to force turnovers in this game. They have right. to flip the field, and they have to do those type of things to try and even out what is a significant talent gap right now. But it's not crazy to think they'd win this game because we're going in with so much uncertainty on both sides. I mean, we haven't seen or heard enough from camp to really know a ton about what we're going to get from Syracuse and even UNC, too. These opt-outs, I mean, there's just so much up in the air. There's no fans. that This could just be such a weird season that crazy things like this could happen more frequent than normal. The thing that I point to, though, with that uncertainty is, okay, you've got all this uncertainty. You, you don't know exactly how this product's going to look week one. So who does that favor? And to me, I think that it's the team with much more talent on its roster, and that's the UNC And continuity, too. Yes. Which mm-hmm. is UNC. Right. Yeah. And and I, this is going to be a really interesting quarterback battle because you're looking at two quarterbacks here who do a supreme job at taking care of the ball, going up against defenses that can cause a lot of turnovers. And that's why I'm with you. I think creating turnovers on either side of the ball are gonna is going to be key in this game because you've got to see, okay, which defense is the real deal in terms of forcing turnovers. And to be honest, I think Syracuse is probably the better of the two at forcing turnovers because UNC, they kind of had that one little spike. Meanwhile, Syracuse, we've seen it a couple years in a row now, and we know that's a trademark of Dino teams. They like to to be aggressive in the passing game defensively and be ball hawks. So I think that that probably helps Syracuse in a sense too. And another thing defensively that I want to point out about this orange team, this is where you can also maybe flip the script here a little bit, but if they can get a couple of those Havoc plays defensively, and and on top of that, the third down defense. And and here's why I bring up that third down defense. Because when you look at UNC and their offensive line, again, they have continuity, but they don't have a ton of talent on that offensive line. This UNC team was 101st in the country in stuff rate. And what I mean by that is when running backs are are going and, and trying to get break through the line, listen, UNC's got a couple of talented running backs, but they can get stuff. It, it, it's almost like a boomer bust thing with them run, running the ball a little bit. So they were 101st in stuff rate. If you get to some third and threes, third and twos, third and ones, and you're stuffing UNC and you can have that third down defense that the Orange had from two seasons ago, you're looking at a team that could be really, really, I mean, a defense rather, that could be really tough to to game plan around because you can't have that success on third down. And then on top of that, UNC was also 99th in the country a season ago in passing down sack rate. That means that while Tommy DeVito was getting hit a lot last year, so was Sam Howell. So if those defensive linemen for the Orange can live up, and and you know how much I like Kingsley Jonathan, and then you got to also factor in guys like Josh Black and McKinley Williams and, and some of the backups as well. If they can get pressure on these passing downs, then you really can change the way that this game plays out. Yeah. 
All right, let's take one last break, and then we'll give our score predictions for this game, and we will do our fun prop shop bets as well. All right, we will open up the prop shop now. That is one of the added perks of having games back. The games are back for the, the prop loyal shop's listeners. Open. Yes, open the for prop business. shop, which, as I said, we're going to keep track of this throughout the year, keep up our standings. These are all odds that we created, sort of fake odds. And, you know, I was thinking about this time. Maybe we'll just sort of rotate whoever makes the odds each week in the sake of fairness, and we'll just sort of go from there, if, if you're cool with that. I mean, we usually input both like both of us input on the props but i went ahead and made most of them this week so maybe we'll just switch it up but it doesn't really matter though we're, we're just having yeah, fun yeah we're having this. fun with and it. and we'll try and keep up to date on the standings on twitter and everything and if you have any fun props to throw our way feel free to tweet or if you want to play at, along too yes yes feel this is, free this to is comment. an all-inclusive game Yes, kind of like what the NCAA tournament was for about, <laughs> oh, like six hours. Denied. I was thinking our whole latter half of the Thursday podcast is just irrelevant now, and that's that's sort of sports in 2020 these days. But let's get into these props. We'll start with Syracuse punters. This is kind of an intriguing one. The question is, who will take the first punt of the season for Syracuse? I have it at Nolan Cooney as the favorite, minus 190. Remember, Cooney's name, kind of surprisingly, was ahead of James Williams in the depth chart, and I put the freshman James Williams as the dog in this first punt of the season. He is plus 165. Which way do you lean? So I'm going to go with James Williams because, Tim, we love a good dog, right? So <laughs> We know that. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go with, with James Williams on this one because of the fact that we have seen in the past Dino kind of shield things on the special team side. Like, remember, Andre Schmidt kind of came out of nowhere. Yep. Now, not that there's film on Nolan Cooney or James Williams, and I don't know how much punting film gets studied. I think I feel like that's more of a scheme thing as opposed to, like, the actual guy kicking the ball. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. But I, I think that we will see James Williams out there I, for that first yeah. punt. Now, will he get that second punt? Will he have some some yips on his first ever punt in his first ever game? Who knows? But yeah, I for think that first be pump, the whole game. yeah, at, at those odds that you're I, presenting me, then yes, I will take. Yeah, I actually, I was kind of hoping you take Cooney, and I feel very good about this as a dog plus one sixty five for James Williams. And for those that aren't fully aware, basically the plus one sixty five means you put down ten dollars, you make sixteen point fifty. So yeah. sixteen and a half. Should we just let, let's make this easier, right? We're, we're working since it's fictional money. We're working in hundreds. We're working in Benjamins. Okay, wow, we're going yeah, big. High, All right, so hundred dollars for me, yeah, on uh, James Williams. Should we make every bet a hundred bucks, or should you be yeah, able every, to? Every bet okay. is a hundred bucks. All right. Okay. All right. Well, you can make some big Benjamins on this next one. This is yeah. first Syracuse touchdown of the season. So obviously, a lot of options on the table. I'll run through them real quick. And keep in mind, Tommy DeVito. You can't bet. I mean, you can, well, you can bet the rushing. Right, you can bet on him to score on a sneak or a rushing touchdown, but we're not counting Tommy DeVito in this category because As if a passer, it's a passing yes. touchdown, that it's like your standard easy. odds, so, standard first touchdown odds. Right. So this is first touchdown for Syracuse on Saturday. I've got Jawar Jordan leading the way, plus one seventy. Markenzie Pierre, the other running back, is plus two ten. Aaron Hackett is my first receiver option, plus three fifty. I thought I was going to get go, better value. I really did. Yeah, well, he had so many last year that I know. I no, you, I, mean, I think you pinned it right. I think you did. Right. 
Taj Harris is the next receiver, plus 400. Then we go Luke Benson, another tight end. Caught three touchdowns last year in limited time. He's plus 600 to score Syracuse's first touchdown. Then Tommy DeVito to run it in is plus 700. That's $100 down. You make 700. And then I just put other at plus 800 if you were feeling like Ed Hendricks, Nikeem, Courtney Jackson. And we'll, we'll leave the option because this hypothetically could happen. No TDs from Syracuse in the entire game. If you want to bet that, that's plus 900. I feel like that should be a little higher. That should be like plus 2,000. Because they're going to yeah, score a touchdown, it, right? Like, I mean, I just didn't want you to like see it and be like, oh, there's some value there. I just don't want anyone betting <laughs> no, it. So no, I no, put no, it no, plus no. 900. Um, <laughs> so, oh, did you put a defensive touchdown in there? Or I guess that counts as other? Yeah, we'll, okay. we'll count that as other if okay. that happens. Okay. So if you so, want to take that, that's also an or a special teams touchdown too. Right. So honestly, the plus nine hundred of the other that you present to me is kind of intriguing because you think plus about 800 it. Plus eight hundred or plus eight hundred rather. That, sorry. Not a huge deal. Um, yeah. it's kind of intriguing to me because of the fact that you're getting so many options. I mean, does Sam Howell get the yips and, and throw a pick six on his first drive of, of the new season? Um. And then you mentioned some of the the other names, Courtney Jackson. Nikeem Johnson had a hell of a game against UNC two years ago. So those are two good options, but I think I have to go with my guy, Aaron Hackett. I don't love the value, but I love yeah. the chances of getting into the end zone. I will take Aaron Hackett at plus 350. Okay, I'm going to go kind of off the map here. I was very torn. I think Aaron Hackett would be a good pick, but you're right. I, I kind of made the value representative of both our feelings on that, so... I'm going to go Tommy DeVito to run it in at plus 700. So he either sneaks it or okay. like a bootleg you know, or something like I'm that. I'm not going to lie. I thought about that. I yeah, about it's it. it's a weird one, but I'm, I'm going big here in the first game of the season. Crazy things are going to happen, I think, on Saturday. All right, so another crazy thing that's probably going to happen is Syracuse is going to have Chris Elmore at left guard. I saw an article from Nate Mink today. Oh, boy. I he saw is, that, too. You know, you he's know not it's a... the... Go I was going to say, he's not the smallest our guard in the entire country in division one football but he's close is what nate mink is reporting on that which yeah. is a sad state of affairs and of you know it's a big deal when phil Steele is tweeting out the article you know phil Steele's oh, all-knowing yeah. guide to college football yeah so he is is tweeting this article out from nate mink on syracuse.com and yeah i, I <laughs> we, we've given our thoughts on this yeah we're not sure we, we how this to is gonna go tomorrow some... Right, we had to give some sort of prop to Chris Elmore, so I just said, will Chris Elmore line up at guard the entire game? So keep in mind, if he plays fullback at some point, if he plays, I, I guess we won't count defensive line, but let's just count no, if he's I on offense. No, I think you do count a, a defensive line. Well, I, I mean, I'm saying, like, if there's an offensive play and he is not at the guard position, you would. I don't know. Play. I I think we I think we include defensive line in this argument too. Okay. Just because right. well, we it, don't see a lot of two way players. I mean, it, it's one of the yeah, rarest things not in football. Happen. So I think you right. and I don't think that moves the the line at all of what. Yeah, you're that's saying true. Here. It's it's still very unlikely. So yeah. I put the odds as a pretty big favorite that he would stay at left guard the entire way, just based on. This article from Nate Mink, he was talking to his dad about it. It seems like they fully made the transition. He's wearing number 63, yada, yada, yada. We know he's on the depth chart. So I said yes is minus 250. So you'd have to put down $250 to make $100. The no, Chris Elmore will line up somewhere else other than guard at some point during this game is plus 220. 
I'm going to go with no. I think we see a fullback wow. snap out of him. I really do. Yeah, I think, and again, all happen. it takes is one snap at, at a different position. But if Syracuse needs a single yard, and, and it's one of the, I mean, he might get a carry too, for all we know. But if they need one, he might get maybe, a pass. Maybe make two, him eligible. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> we don't do that anymore. Um, but it, I think if you, if you need one or two yards. Maybe you throw Patrick Davis out there at that left guard spot, or, or maybe they do what I what I've been vouching for. Just throw Chris Bleich out there and see what happens. See yeah, if anyone I don't recognizes think they're doing it. that. <laughs> but if you That's throw, he's also hurt too. So. Yeah, if you throw Elmore in the backfield as as the fullback and let him lead block for Marquenzie Pierre, and you throw Patrick Davis on that left guard, I think we'll see him at fullback for at least one snap. All right, I'm, I'm going to play the other side because then it'll be fun to track. And I, and I do think he stays at left guard just based on what I'm hearing. So minus 250, I say yes on that. Okay, two more bets here, and then we'll get to our predictions for the game. We can go kind of rapid fire here. Yeah. Andre Sisco, interception. Keep in mind, 12 interceptions in 21 career games for him. I put no minus 240. Yes is plus 200. So I'm going to go. I'm going to follow the trend here. You know, all, all the gamblers love a good trend, Tim. Mm-hmm. He has one in every opener of his career. And wow. while Sam Howell is, does a good job at taking care of the ball, the safety position is not this Revis Island thing where you can totally avoid him. It's like when you saw with Darrell Revis in the NFL, okay, he's on this receiver or Richard Sherman, he's on that receiver or they're on that side. I'm just not going to target that guy. But with the safety position, you can do a much better job of disguising him. You can fake him in on blitzes. And of course, with that rover position, there's not a lot of film on what Syracuse might try to do with him. So for that reason, I am going to take, yes, I'm going to follow the trend. Andre Sisco is going to close out his career with an interception in every opener. You just love dogs. I'm going to go no on that one just because I think Sam Howell is too good of a quarterback. So I feel like I'll I'll try and swallow the minus 240 there. All right, Syracuse sacks, which could determine the game. Sacks they allow to UNC. We're setting the over-under at three and a half sacks, and we'll just make it even money. Minus 110, we'll call it, for the money. Where do you lean? I am going to take the over on this just because, again, I have mentioned how this UNC defense and the Syracuse defense are very similar. And we heard that there were 10 sacks allowed in that scrimmage. So I'm not saying it's going to be 10, but I think it'll be over three and a half. Yeah, I'm definitely on the over on this one, unfortunately, because Chris Elmore is a concern for me and really just... UNC does have a lot of athletes, and they do a good job disguising blitzes. It's kind of a complex defense to prepare for, which makes this a tough matchup because obviously until about, what was it, three weeks ago, we didn't even know we were playing UNC. Now it's the first game of the season. So with that in mind, that's why I'm taking UNC to win the game as well, my score prediction. I think the last line we saw was 23. Are we agreeing on that? So it opened at 18 and a half. Then Vegas saw the depth chart for Syracuse. They bumped it up to 22 and a half, and now it's all the way up to 23. Maybe that's Tyrell Richards and the opt-outs have been pushing it up. So, all right, I'm going to take Syracuse to cover, though. My score prediction is a high-scoring UNC win, 41-21. to I think UNC just has too many playmakers on offense for this young, new defensive scheme, but I do think that's a lot of points to give out, so I think Syracuse barely covers. I also think Syracuse covers. I'm going to go 35-21. Wow, okay. to 21. 
here. And, and I just want to see this game within two touchdowns, and I will be a very, very happy man. And, and I don't know if they'll be able to do it. They're going to need some turnovers to do it. They're going to need Tommy DeVito to be upright. But I'm going to go yeah. with the 35-21 final in this game. And that, by that All logic, right. the total in this game, 65 and a half. I've got it under. It appears you've got All it right. over. I'm slightly under, too. Though, oh, are you slightly under? Did I, did I mess up that math there? I did mess up that. Forty-one math. plus 41. twenty-one. Yeah, that's, sorry. Yeah, my math is all slightly over the place. under. Yeah, we're we're not. That's that's why we're podcast hosts. We're not, yeah. you know, actually making real money out there using math skills because we don't really have them. So anyway, that's going to wrap up this week on the podcast. I hope everyone is very excited as we are for Syracuse football to return. It is going to be finally here noon on ACC Network against UNC. I'll be at the game tweeting out for lockdown Syracuse. That is not my name. Tyler needs to stop saying that. No, I'm kidding. But no, I will be there. At LO underscore Syracuse is the Twitter handle to follow. You can keep updated with us throughout the week. And we'll talk to you guys on Monday, hopefully after Syracuse at least makes it respectable. And, and maybe they shock the world. Let's we'll not see. cancel we'll the season. Let's not Monday. be there Monday canceling the season. No, no, no. We will never do such a thing. We, we love our Syracuse Orange. And this is a tough matchup. So we'll see what they've got. New defense, a lot to keep an eye on. And... And we'll have fun with it. So follow us on Twitter, stay updated, and we'll talk to you guys on Monday.